Hello. Hey, Steph. Hi, Anne. So, our episode comes out tomorrow. Yes. But you sent me a link. (laughs) And we won't have time to discuss the whole thing, but I needed you to quickly give our listeners a taste, and then I will link in our show notes. Quickly, huh? (laughs) I mean, right. (laughs) Okay, so basically, we had talked about the fact that Francis is consecrating Ukraine and Russia um, into the Immaculate Heart of Mary. Heart of Mary, I think, yeah. Yes, the Immaculate Heart of Mary. And... What I found interesting at the time was they were making it clear that it was not magic. And I thought that phrasing was interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it's almost like right after we finished recording, I was going through like my news feed and this article from Slate came out. And Slate does, is not usually where I go to for my Catholic news. Um, Me neither. Right. But it was under the politics uh, section. So that we, it popped up and the headline caught my attention. It's Pope Francis's response to Ukraine has tapped into one of Catholicism's deepest conspiracy theories. I was like, okay, what on earth does this mean? Mm-hmm. So I had no idea. I was very ignorant on the subject, but apparently all of this has to do with the visions from Our Lady of Fatima, um, which, again, if we're doing this quickly, I do not have time to go into. <laughs> For people who need a Fatima lesson, we'll have to do that on another episode. Um, yeah. But- But basically, there were these visions. These children were given visions. And the third one had to do with, um, there's like, there's stopping world wars. There was the assassination of a pope. Those were the first two. And then there was something about asking the bishops of the world to consecrate Russia. Yeah. Um, and a lot of it had to do, and like Mary came back to one of the kids in 29 asking, like repeating this request, like you have to save Russia because this is after the Soviet takeover, like or the, the switch to the Soviet communism way of being. And that was like really atheist. And so everyone's like, we have to save Russia. We have to save Russia. And so they've been trying to get all these popes to like save Russia, like there, I mean, Pope Pius the Twelfth, Pope Paul the Sixth, JP two. Like everyone's like, please do the consecrating, and like no one's done it quite right. They've tried over the years. Yeah, or like maybe them now. There's it's like there's debate about whether JP the two actually did it or not. Right. Well, because he left the word Russia out. <laughs> Feels important to this conspiracy theory. Right, and so like he was doing it because. Kind of like the same reason, I don't get into politics, but like words are important in terms of how they're interpreted. They're like, well, don't, you know, like get a country with nuclear power mad so you can't say the word Russia. So he didn't. So they're like, it didn't work. We're, everything's wrong. And so everyone's been trying, especially this one conservative cardinal has been trying to get francis to do the consecration properly for years now and now he kind of did i mean he consecrated russia yeah but some people are really upset because he included ukraine and that wasn't like part of the prophecy Uh, it is a whole thing that i had no idea about as a catholic even though i mean i was familiar with our lady of fatima but i had no idea about this it seems like a small rabbit hole that some people, some Catholics have gone down and like 
it's not a lot of people, but the people who are into it are, like, really into it. Right. Like, someone in this article, it even says, like, maybe 3 to 5% of the 50 million Catholics in the United States even know about the Fatima debates, um, which I didn't even know. It's named. It's the Fatima debate. Who knew? I didn't know about these debates. Yeah. And so I just was, it feels very Dan brown <laughs> Yes, this is what I was, I was taking notes for this, and I was like, this is like Da Vinci Code, it's Illuminati, not exactly, but it feels in that realm. I I mean, like, if you start going into, there are a lot of conspiracy theories about all of this. And so, again, we're scratching the surface of the introduction to the prelude of this, (laughs) like, it's very surface level, but it's it's a whole thing, and so when they were saying it wasn't magic... It really has a lot to do with, like, word choice. Mm-hmm. And which is funny because we have recently discussed this whole, like, baptisms being null and void because of one word choice. Sure sounds so, a lot and I'm like, like you magic have, kind to of have to me. take a stance on this wording thing. I know, right? <laughs> All right. Well, yeah. So we do mention the consecration thing in our upcoming episode, but we did not know this element of it. We had no idea of no. this next level. So. no. Uh, I will link the article and folks okay. can read it if they feel like going down that particular rabbit hole. Have fun. If you, I mean, I'd love to hear more. I don't know if I have the bandwidth to go into it myself, but it's, it's something. It's really something. It's something. Well, thanks, Steph. Nice talking to you on a non-recording day, Anne. It, it's so exciting. <laughs> All right. Talk, Talk to you later. Soon. Bye. Bye. Ready? Should we start? Let's do it. <laughs> Let's do this. I'm Anne McNamee Keels. And I'm Stephanie Shavera. And this is Lapsed, a podcast about growing up Catholic. And today we're recording our 20th episode. It's very exciting. It is. I feel like it kind of crept up on me. On the other hand, I'm also like, I feel like we've been doing this for a while. <laughs> I don't know already. I'm like, this is just a part of my life. That's true. It's like having a kid. There was a podcast called The Longest Shortest Time. I love that title. It very accurately describes parenthood, but I feel like it describes a lot of things. Mm-hmm. This podcast is our baby in a way. <laughs> <laughs> Yay. Um, how are you doing, Steph? I'm doing pretty good. Um, I am also a theater teacher in my other life. And you are. we are in tech week and I am a little haggard from it that's intense yeah (laughs) yeah Yeah. for a school that's a little bit under resourced so we're just Mm -hmm. putting things together figuring it out oh man and you're pregnant in the middle of all of that pregnant and not like you're exhausted already no it's fine everything's fine i like was beating myself up for not being able to wake up this morning and i was like no just it's okay (laughs) You're creating an entire human being. You get to take an extra rest. Exactly. How are you doing? I'm good. I'm getting ready. It's that Lent thing, like Mm -hmm. ready for warmer weather, ready for like any little glimmer of that springy, eastery feeling of like there's a flower coming up or whatever. I'm I'm all about it. 
I feel like it's such a Midwestern thing that like as soon as it's like 45 degrees, people are in like short sleeves and shorts. But always my husband is from the South and he has absolutely been converted to that. Like I watched him go into a Zoom meeting in shorts and a T-shirt the other day and I was like, it's like 55 degrees outside. Not what you think it is. And my kids are the same way. It was like 45 the other day and my son came out of school and just like took off his jacket and was like, it's warm outside. And I kind of love it. I kind of love that. It's like be the weather you want to see in the world. That's kind of exactly. what we're doing. <laughs> Our perceptions are so skewed at this point. It's great. It's all hopeful. It's all you're looking for, right? That's that's yeah. the Lent thing. You're looking forward to the warmer, nicer time. Right. You know, there's one little crocus blooming and every time we like my husband and I go by it. We're like, look, it's opening. It's opening. <laughs> it's happening. And I was thinking about our, our Lent episode because it was just St. Patrick's Day. Mm-hmm. My family and I did not do any parades or anything this year. But, I mean, we wore green and I baked Irish soda bread. That sounds pretty good. And gave it to my kids' teachers. And it was my little mini St. Patrick's Day celebration in the middle I of I wonder Lent. how many people took their Lent off for that day. Oh, I think probably quite a few. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> so otherwise it's just a wasted opportunity. I know. Should we talk a little Catholicism in the news? I think so. What What have you got for me? The one real quick one is that yeah. for any uh, Wordle fans out there, <gasps> it feels like a it feels like a sin. Frankly, brings up a lot of guilt for me to yeah. like talk about the word. But it was a week or two ago, so at this point, it's fine to talk about the word. I think we can right? talk about it. Yeah. So the word. As many of our listeners know, because several people reached out. Did they? I love yes! it. Yes. The word was lapse. It made me so happy. It took me three tries, and I felt like I should have gotten it on the second try, given the title of our podcast. I think it was four for me, because I just like okay. didn't. But my husband had already done it, and I was just like, I was sitting there. And I didn't realize he was taping me. Um, so I have a recording <laughs> oh of God. me getting lapsed, because well, he knew it was coming. And I was like, I don't know. I just didn't think of it. I think of lapse, duh. Right. Yeah, same. It even took me a minute once I got it. I was like, oh, yeah, that makes sense. I was like, oh, right. We have a podcast yeah. for the name. I should have gotten it. Oh, right? man. Well, we may have to put that content on our social media. I love you, that. I was going to send you the video because I was just like, oh, <gasps> wonderful. It felt like a little present just for me. I was like, oh. Thanks, Wordle. It was pretty exciting. And then for our listeners, this exchange happened where eventually Stephanie, you and I like texted each other about it. Like, have you done Wordle today? And I was like, yeah, I, I think you texted me. And I said, yes, I like posted in our Instagram stories, like a just like a suggestion of like, huh, Wordle or like, we really like Wordle today, something like that. Then I was like, oh, no, am I giving away the word? I don't want to ruin anyone's Wordle right. experience. For anyone who doesn't know Wordle, everyone in the whole world has the same word and you have to guess it. And like, Except there's like three friends of mine who are one day delayed. Oh. Because they have a different version. It's weird. Well, that's confusing. It causes a lot of consternation. <laughs> I'm not totally clear on like when it switches over and does it switch over for everyone in the whole world at the same time. I'm just, I'm not clear. We could have a whole other podcast about Wordle. About Wordle. Should be fine by me. <laughs> Actually, it is almost like a meditation. It's like my daily ritual. Forget prayer. I now do Wordle. No, I have to have like sit down. I have my little drink. and Yeah. On my better days, I have like a minute to sit down and drink my coffee and do it. And most days I'm like hiding from my children trying to do it while like hey. shouting at them to brush their teeth. So yeah, so I was feeling super guilty. And I think I said, it's my Catholic guilt. I'm like so worried I'm going to ruin Wordle for someone today. Yeah. And you were like, that's really what you need to be posting about. Yes. 
<laughs> it was true. I felt so nervous. And then actually I had a friend reach out to me the day after to say like, hey, did you see Wordle yesterday? And I said, yes, I was so worried about posting anything. I thought I was going to ruin it for someone. And she said, that's why I'm texting you today because I was so terrified I would ruin it for you if I texted you. It causes a weird amount of stress. I love that we are all doing this for each other and not mm-hmm. giving away the word. Like it's very kind of kind. It's kind and it's it's an unspoken agreement we all have across yes. the globe that we will not ruin Wordle for each other. But then I was so worried about it. I know. I was like, oh, you said you posted. I was like, that's great. I don't know how I feel about that. It was a hint. And then I even made it even less of a hint. And then I was like, wait, did is this somehow worse, though? Like, I'm thinking about how people are going to oh, interpret no. it. Um, but someone reached out after and was like, I, I wasn't really understanding why you posted about Wordle today. But now I get it. And I was like, okay, good. That's like the reaction I wanted of like, Perfect. Well, that's weird. Why are they into Wordle today? And then suddenly be like, oh, got it. So many feelings I went through about a Wordle. This brought up a lot of Catholic guilt stuff. So you can never escape it. <laughs> the other thing I have to share is that the Pope recently ruled that baptized lay Catholics can lead Vatican departments, and that means that women can lead Vatican departments. Yes. I don't know if you saw this. I did. I was like, women can do things. Well, it's like lay people, which I guess by default includes women. Gotta let them. <laughs> uh. <laughs> says for centuries the departments have been headed by male clerics usually cardinals or bishops but that could change from june 5th when the new charter takes effect after more than nine years of work it took them nine years just thinking about this to decide that lay people could be in charge of things i love the phrasing the, at least the reuters headline about it was like pope rules any lay baptized people can like head a department and that includes women like just yeah like, that's in case you didn't remember that women are people <laughs> just a little oh. asterisk there it's like it should be within oh. the, the definition of the word people but no sometimes sometimes listen that's real <laughs> that's real that we when we say people oftentimes we're not including what do we mean by people marginalized groups sometimes yeah meaning even even just women right so i mean i guess that's good it's a step it's a step i for the catholics who are sticking with it and are women and are wanting more leadership for women or are working toward women's ordination i guess it's a step in the right direction yes that's something good for francis any other news stuff there is kind of slow in terms of catholic news <laughs> compared to how it's been there's no giant scan i mean just the no, usual scandal right but no like new giant scandal so there was one now that i we do this podcast i get push notifications for catholic things and one was that the Pope, there's been an act of consecration by the Pope for Russian and Ukrainian churches for the Immaculate Heart of Mary. Right. Okay. So even like saying that sentence was like hard because I'm just like, I was like, what does any of it mean? What does it even mean? <laughs> what, it's like, did you know what that means? <laughs> no, no. To me, this reminded me, it was similar to something I saw which people were excited about, I guess. Like at the beginning of coronavirus, there was a thing where like priests were taking the consecrated host and putting it in the thing, the uh, monstrance, and driving around with it and just holding it out to the world as though like the Jesus in the communion was just gonna like banish coronavirus as they pass the houses. 
That's how that works, yeah. I mean, it is so rooted in the sort of magic-y things we talked about. There's some place where it says Pope puts Russia and Ukrainian churches immaculate heart of Mary, blah, blah, blah. But makes it clear that this is not magic. Oh, oh okay. It's not. There's they like said part it's, of not, one of, so it's not. <laughs> it was one of part of one of the news articles. It's like, but they just want to make sure that this is not magic. So it's apparently supposed to like extra bless them or like put the countries or Catholics in the hands of Mary. That's the point of it. I think it's a prayer that's supposed to do something, but it's not magic. And that is all in the same story. <laughs> Just to be clear. Yeah. This is something different. It might look exactly like magic. But not. You know, the power of prayer is a thing. If there is some Catholic lady somewhere in Ukraine, I don't even know. Are there many Catholic? It's like a different yeah, I mean, church. It's Eastern Orthodox. Yeah. So it's not always. I mean, there are Roman Catholics there. That's not that they're not. But I lived in Ukrainian village I'm in Chicago. So this. And they're beautiful churches. Yeah. Then there were just these gorgeous Ukrainian churches even near where I live. And I had a an old Ukrainian man named Walter who was our landlord and lived below us and used to offer us tab and buy <laughs> us bread from the bakery. And I've been thinking of him and all of our Ukrainian yeah. all of our Ukrainian neighbors. And it's it's a weird time. It's, it's so, awful. Yeah. So, I mean, what can the Pope do in this moment? He did what he's got the power to do. Yeah. It sounds like he has offered to, like, broker peace talks. I don't even know that he how much weight he holds in, in these places, but he has offered to do what he can. Right. Like, Soviets are notoriously atheist. Right. So that's... I don't know that that's going to do anything, but sometimes if you're the Pope, maybe you got some pull somewhere. I don't know. Right. It's a, if it makes someone in a war zone, anyone, even a couple people feel better, I guess. Great. Yeah. <laughs> so that was the, the big news out of the Vatican that I saw. But yeah, everything's quiet at the moment. Quiet on the Roman front. On the Catholic front. Yeah. But there's been a lot going on for us. We've done a lot in 20 episodes. We have, you know, pumping out a show every two weeks doesn't feel like a lot. But when you and I both have other lives and things, it just feels like our energy toward the podcast goes to like, what are we talking about next and scheduling guests and getting excited about the content. But I don't feel like I've really had a chance to sit and reflect on like what this looks like. I think when we started, it was sort of like, let's give it a go. I think we didn't know how it would work. Right. (laughs) We would get to 20 episodes. So it's nice to sit and take a minute and reflect on what we've done. Right. And see where we want to go. Yeah. Just like when you think about the podcast, what has surprised you? Ooh, surprised. There's a lot. I have done, you know, I've been auditioning and doing self tapes for so long. I thought listening to my own voice would be a lot easier than Mm. it has been. So sometimes I can't make it through a whole episode oh yeah (laughs) but interesting it's not the sound of my voice it's my vocal pattern sometimes I'm just like it's just I start being really hard on myself so that's been an interesting journey in and of itself it's like I got a lot to learn here it's like just a process of getting better at it and realizing that because I have so many I guess emotions tied up into this that Mm -hmm my thoughts and my words don't always mash up and they're always trying to catch up with each other. And that's been interesting because I don't really know. We plan a lot before we go in, but sometimes I don't know how I'm going to react to it all until we're doing it. Mm -hmm. So there's that. I have been 
really lovingly surprised by the audience reactions when people reach yes. out when you tell me people reach out and our field reporters or <sighs> like noticings that people have it just it makes me really happy because that's sort of the reason we started this is like you and I were like we have this other connection or this way of relating to each other that we didn't even know we had before Mm -hmm. and that was basically the impetus for doing this it's like well other maybe other people feel this way too when they meet uh lapsed catholics and it turns out that that's true and there are other people who are connecting in a way that is on the one hand deeper than i realized it was going to be i thought um maybe it was going to be a lot more like silly stories from being yeah. Catholic which there are some of those oh there's plenty and then that and then there's that part of it too there's just a lot of like really funny commentary that comes yeah. out of it all so I just just so thank you for everyone who's like ever responded or reached out it really has been the best part of this whole process totally agree yeah yeah I think for me I think I was interested in starting it because it was something I wanted to hear that I realized didn't exist mm-hmm. and that Like anytime I did run into something that talked about growing up Catholic, I was so engaged. You know, I was if I was just listening to an interview or reading something and they start talking about growing up Catholic, I'm like, you know, it's like my antenna, my yeah, my antenna or like my dog's ears perking up when she hears something like. So, yeah, I think I did imagine there's certainly like swapping funny stories and there's the thing of is it pain plus time or something plus time equals comedy equals comedy yeah so even like the hard things are funny when they like kind of happened a long time ago or oftentimes yeah so yeah I think I was excited about that part that's the part I was interested in I didn't think about how much like self-reflection was going to be involved so much it's a lot or just these moments of like oh like you'll say something I'll be like oh (laughs) oh yeah you know what me too and I didn't I've never thought about that I mean that those kinds of moments have happened so often or just the digging into the church that we do a little bit, the digging into the theology of like what really is the teaching and what did I understand of it when I was a kid and kind of realizing how those things line up or don't and how those things have impacted me as a person. Mm-hmm. And then hearing from other people. Yeah, again, our listeners are just wonderful. And hearing from people and saying like, oh my gosh, you put into words something that I was thinking or feeling Mm -hmm. or, you know, oh, this is like listening to my own childhood or just people like sending us memes and fun things. We've built a community that that is really lovely and and I'm just so grateful. Right. I was thinking to myself, what's my relationship to Catholicism? I guess this is a Mm -hmm. question that I have for you too because then this is something that I remember like I asked um, Monica Ducks when she came on the podcast you know when you as you wrote your book how did your relationship to Catholicism shift if at all and she said she became more atheist Um, she kind of went in atheist but she came in out even more atheist I feel like it's it's pulled me in all ways (laughs) (laughs) I feel like there are some things that I am I'm realizing like wow I normalize this thing and it's actually really screwed up right? Mm -hmm. There's like those or, oh, this really doesn't make sense to me. And I've just kind of acted like it does. But then there are parts where it's like, oh yeah, this thing from the church actually was really meaningful to me growing up. And this is something that I still want to think about how to practice in some way. So it's kind of pulled me in all ways. And I'm just kind of swinging in all directions with it. I feel, I think it's deepened like my thinking about, yeah, the Catholic church, but I don't think it's really pushed me in one particular direction. It's funny. I th- I think when we started this, I was expecting it to all feel like it was in the past. Mm. Like 
I lapsed and that so we're going to talk about things that happened to me a while ago or yes right and it's it's about growing up Catholic right and so it's actually been very present yeah and one capacity it's changed a lot of conversations I've been having with people my husband and I for example he'll listen to the podcast and want to talk about it and then we end up discussing some weird aspect of the church for a long time or Mm -hmm. our feelings around a certain thing. And I I think it's allowed us, you know, especially in the middle of shutdowns and pandemics when we've had only each other to like hang out with, it actually brought some new conversations (laughs) into the fold. Yeah. Which was great. But it's also like my dad just started listening. And so all of a sudden when we talk, he is saying new things to me like, what he believes in and we haven't discussed that in a really long time so it's deepening my world outside of the podcast in an interesting way and then after our last episode after we interviewed Sharonda I walked out of the room that we I recorded and I sat in a chair and stared out the window for like a long time I was like I have to sit with this for a while (laughs) it sort of cracked me open in a in a way And it was the accumulation, I think, of all of our interviews Mm -hmm. thus far. But she spoke about being American and like what you're raised in and what you can't escape, really. (laughs) Mm -hmm. It's like, oh, I can never, no matter where I go in the world, I will always be an American. No matter what I do to myself, I will always be white. No matter what I say about myself, I will always be Catholic. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And instead of just saying I'm lapsed and moving on... Or like when I went to Europe when I was in my 20s, I telling people I'm Canadian, you know, because I was the George W. Bush time and you just told mm-hmm. people you were Canadian then. As opposed to doing that, like having to really reckon with myself and this identity and what do I do with it? Yeah. <laughs> it was a lot for me to sit with. It's also been interesting because I thought, I think you we've talked about this, like I had a reaction to theology in Catholic school where I was like, I'll fight with people. And when you don't agree with me, I'm leaving. <laughs> like that was sort mm-hmm. of the, the journey. And I, it's like incredible to me, all these other people who have chosen to fight, but then also accept. And I think almost all of our guests have decided what they want to keep and what they want to do away with in a way that I never felt the agency to do before. Hmm. And so now that made me think, like, what do I want? What have I kept that I haven't acknowledged? Yeah. What do I want to keep? <laughs> and what's that relationship going to be moving forward? It's been, it's really thrown my head for a loop, <laughs> to tell you the truth. Yeah. I mean, I think that makes sense. And you're about to have a baby. And so well, there's just a lot of decisions and thinking yeah. and reevaluating that goes into that. That's the other thing. We started this, I wasn't pregnant. Mm-hmm. And at that time, I did not think I was going to be able to be pregnant. Mm-hmm. And then all like so much has changed in these 20 episodes about who I am and how I see the world. It's been a real journey. And it's interesting, too. Actually, I was reflecting on that before we started recording. Like when I was struggling to get pregnant, there were so many people who were coming up to me. And they're all Catholic because that's all the people I know, basically. They're saying, like, I'm praying for you. Actually, they're not all Catholic, but they're all mostly Christian. But, like, I'm praying for you. I'm Like, I, I, that's what I heard a lot. And it would just really rankle me. <laughs> like, I was mm. just like, I don't want to hear this. And I didn't know 
why at the time because I would rationalize to myself this is just other people's way of saying I love you right Mm -hmm. but it really it was upsetting to me and I think as I was trying to figure this feeling out as we were going into this episode, I was like, I think part of it was that I still am, I don't know whether or not I'm atheistic. I really do not know. And mm-hmm. I can't figure it out yet. But the idea of prayer not being answered has always been a problem for me. That there are people who are abandoned by God. There are famines. There are wars. Mm-hmm. And the idea that I'm like, if, but what if you all pray and I don't get pregnant? What does that say about how God feels about me? Like that was this. Yeah big thing that's why I didn't want to hear about it so I was like I don't want to be ignored I don't want to try I don't know it's so it's interesting to hear other uh, our guests have opened up my heart a lot and my mind to different relationships to God in a in a way that I only thought of was like one thing before because I only had the one example really yeah that transactional piece I think most Christians and certainly Catholics grow up with of like you pray for the thing you want mm-hmm. um Oh, I have a joke for you. I'm throwing a joke in the middle. <laughs> I'm throwing a joke in the middle of this episode, but it is topical. You know I love a Catholic joke. Okay. So there is a there's a kid who really wants a bike and you know, sister uh I was going to say Mary Clarence, that's from Sister Act, so sure. Oh, right. Sister Mary Clarence at school says that if he prays to the Virgin Mary, she will hear his prayers and maybe talk to Jesus and get him answered. So he goes home that night and he kneels and says, You know, Mother Mary, I would really like a bike. If you could just make sure there's a bike here, like when I wake Mm -hmm. up, that would be great. And he wakes up and there's no bike. And so the next night he grabs a rosary and he says a whole rosary. And then at the end he says, You know, Mary, I would really, really just appreciate a bike. I'll I'll wear a helmet. I'll be careful. I promise. (laughs) Just a bike. Wakes up, no bike. So the third night he decides he's gonna go straight to Jesus. Uh and he goes and gets the statue of Mary from his mom's room and he puts it under his bed and he says, all right, listen, Jesus, if you ever want to see your mother again, give me that bike. (laughs) (laughs) I remember hearing that as a kid in church and it did have an impact on me that I think a priest told that joke because I think, I think the reason I still remember that is because it really was presented that way of like, if you want a thing, maybe not a bike, but in general, it was like, if you want something, you should pray about mm-hmm. it. You should pray to God, to Jesus, to Mary, most start with a saint maybe, and then work your way up. Right. And yeah, then I mean, the thing that you realize pretty quickly as you're growing up as a kid is like, so if I don't get the thing, does that mean I'm not worthy of it? Yeah. And the the only answer I remember being given, and I remember there was that like awful country song. This people oh. will be mad at me. Some people will be mad at me for saying that, but that's uh could be some people's favorite country song. That I was gonna say that's a it's an awful country song. All country songs are awful, is what I'm saying. That was, <gasps> it's redundant, is what I'm saying. That's not true. <laughs> Dolly Parton, I take it back. Um I absolutely take it back. Dolly Parton is everything. There's that country song like that was out when we were kids. It was like sometimes I thank God for unanswered prayers. And I remember they like played that for us in our theology class and they were like what does this song mean oh my goodness the line that we were supposed to learn and say the theology that we were supposed to believe was that if we didn't get something we prayed for it was because we weren't supposed to have it and god knew better than us right or he's giving you what you really need 
Yeah, it's an overly simplistic way to think about things. And I think at some point you run into this thing of like, okay, well, then why don't I get this and this person gets it? Or why does this person not deserve something? This person who I love, why do they deserve this illness? Right. Right. Or deserve losing someone important to them. I mean, or Mm -hmm. I... I think there's just that's the hard part. I'm like, yeah, when when you're like, I got this promotion or baby or whatever because mm-hmm. I prayed, and I'm like, yeah, but like you're saying, there there are people who are like really suffering who I'm sure are praying really hard. It makes mm-hmm. no sense to me, and that has been that was a huge struggle for me as a young person, and actually still is. Yeah, I don't like that frame of thought. It's the, the transaction. And again, it's this idea that somebody's just up there tallying prayers. Like, how many times did you pray enough? The bureaucratic imagination of heaven as being, I don't know, like a call center, basically. (laughs) Yeah, we've talked about that of like, there's this being, yeah, all this bureaucracy of like, well, you pray to this saint and they'll talk to Jesus and he'll talk to God. And it, it is the weird way it's presented. The sort of not religious but spiritual, quote unquote, version of that, I think now in the West and American culture in particular is like the secret right this idea that you like manifest what you want and it's the same thing it's like so if I have cancer does that mean I manifested my own cancer and it's my fault right did you ever watch Amy Schumer's show which like I can't remember what's called but it was her sketch her sketch show I so I just watched her new show which is wonderful but I don't think I ever watched this her sketch show she had one that was awesome it was like I think Bill Nye was actually like the host of this sketch um because it was like scientists have been wondering for years what the meaning of the universe is and it's these pictures of outer space and everything but now we finally figured out the meaning of the universe is to respond to white women's needs like (laughs) basically like well the universe really answered like i was talking to the universe and the universe gave me my new gym membership or whatever it is it's all about like the universe wants me just listening to the universe i'm like the universe doesn't care i saw a meme once that was like did you manifest it or is it white privilege and i feel like that's (laughs) it's really real um but i think also so that is like the sort of new age version of it but i think that same mentality particular and I'm really I'm speaking to like American Catholicism in particular because that was what I grew up in obviously I imagine it probably does look different in different places but yeah this idea that yeah we should just trust God we should pray for what we want the whole this idea of offering it up oh did you ever were you ever told that as a kid or do you ever hear people say that of like I'm just gonna offer it up I feel like I've heard that recently but not as a kid. That was not part of my upbringing. I feel like it was almost said with a wink when I was a kid. Like I would hear people say it. I knew as it, that there was such a thing as like offer it up for the poor souls in purgatory is what mm. I feel is a line that I think more my mom and her generation heard. Yeah. Well, because purgatory stopped being a thing. Limbo stopped being a thing. Is purgatory still a I thing? I think purgatory. I don't know. I thought someone told me it stopped. We got to look that up. It's, okay. It might have stopped. But then where do good people who aren't baptized, where do they go? That freaked me out because I spent so much of my childhood trying to help people out of Because they were like, you have to pray for your ancestors that might be in purgatory. I don't know if you ever heard that. I heard that. Yeah. No, you pray for people who died to make sure that they got into heaven. Like you're like, well, that one uncle was good, but was he good enough? I don't know. I got to pray for him so he can get it's to It's a heaven. complicated relationship with people who've died because if they're in heaven, they can help you out. Like you can ask them things and right. they can talk to a saint who can talk to 
Mary who can talk to Jesus who can talk to God. Again, the chain of command. (laughs) But if they are not there and you have no way of knowing for sure, you should be praying for them too, just in case they're not all the way to heaven because your prayers could like boost them into heaven. Yeah, you could help them out. So there's this thing of like offering it up. Okay. I mean, I think that's a lot of the real toxic Catholic stuff of this obsession with suffering Mm. is like offering it up. Yeah. For the poor souls in purgatory or that somehow your suffering is helping someone somewhere somehow that it's good cosmically good for everyone. If you, when you suffer, I'm yeah. (laughs) Just like, really? Why can't we just be good for the sake of being good? I don't know. Okay. Suffering. (laughs) Suffer first. I come away from these episodes thinking about so much of this. I know. I do think, you know, you mentioned our guests and I do want to come back to that because I think one of, well, first of all, one of the best parts is talking with you, Steph, every two weeks. It's been great. It really is lovely. And we hadn't talked in a long time because you moved away and then I had a baby and then there was a pandemic. And then, I mean, you know, that's how the world works now too. It's like someone moves away and you you talk to them. Like we would comment on social media probably. Right. But that was it. So this has been great. I really enjoy connecting with you, like reconnecting with you. I know. And with a, and in a different way, like in mm-hmm. around a different thing than we were kind of connecting on before Yeah, in our work with young people. But then also our guests have just been so lovely and gracious. Oh. And for most of them, it there has been like ongoing, I mean, with social media, that is the nice thing, right? Like they'll yeah. comment on something or like something that we post or send us a quick email and Mm-hmm. It feels like these lovely ongoing conversations. And I have learned so much from all of our guests, even though yeah. and it seems like on the one hand, they all over the spectrum from like a priest to an atheist to everything in between. Theologian. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so we have thanks to Kay and Monica and Father Anne and Sharonda and Matthew. It's everyone, I think. Yeah. yeah. Um, so far. I was like, thank you. Because even like Matthew, who I know... Even Matthew. (laughs) He's like a brother. I was like, I know Matthew. Yeah, I know. I I learned more about him. I thought I knew all the things. No, I didn't know all the things, but it engendered a conversation that I was like, we don't normally have because we're so busy making fun of each other most of the time. (laughs) That episode, I had not laughed that hard in a long time. That was like, oh, I really needed that, especially with the pandemic. Just, yeah, talking with the two of you was great. And that felt like old times because it used to be the three of us teaching. Yeah, yeah, I know. It was really fun. I can't wait. And there's other people that have like asked us to come on. And I'm just like, I get so thrilled when people reach out to us. I, I really know. <laughs> like us? Okay, yeah, let's talk. Uh, yeah, it's great. And it feels like we're, we've sort of stumbled into being part of this larger conversation around like progressive Catholics or lapsed Catholics or what it means to have grown up with a Catholic identity. Yeah. That I just, yeah, it's not a space I really was in before, I don't think. Right. Uh, This is something I was thinking about. Are there other guests or other types of folks you'd want to talk with on the podcast? When you first, you wrote this question down in our like notes and the first words out of my fingers, I guess, because I was typing (laughs) was, I was like, a priest, a nun, and a rabbi. And I was like... (laughs) (laughs) the beginning of a joke right in a bar i mean i put the rabbi down because we've mentioned a few times that we we believe from what we know that there's this like different relationship this questioning Mm -hmm. relationship in the in the jewish religion 
And so I'd love to sort of dig into that a little bit. Like, what is this different relationship and how does it manifest itself? So that's one thing I am intrigued. I would like to know more about. Yeah. You got to be around nuns a lot more. So I really want to, I want to know more. You mentioned Sister Act. That's a lot of what my idea was. <laughs> it's not wrong. No. Sister Act. There are elements of Sister Act that feel very on the nose in terms of nuns. Right. And religious sisters. I actually would love to talk to representatives from two groups that I would like to talk to. One is Catholics. Uh, is it called Catholics for Choice? Or mm-hmm. Same. Yeah. I would love to just discuss how, again, how people reckon with all of the things and stay in the Catholic Church. Yeah. And sort of live in this way where then you're constantly advocating within spaces, mm-hmm. right? Yes. Right. And I think someone from Catholic Charities. Hmm. I have two very conflicting feelings about Catholic charities in my head, like the two Mm. different narratives. And so I'd love to tease those out more because on the one hand, I've heard stories about people being denied assistance because of Mm. who they are. And the other hand, I've heard they're like this incredible welcoming organization that has done like a lot of really good work for people. So I would love to dive into those two strands and see what's going on a little bit more. Yeah. So yeah, that would be great. Yeah. How about you? Yeah. I mean, I, I think like priests, nuns for sure, like a priest, a nun, a religious brother. And I'm also interested in people who were living those lives and um, left, left. Yeah. I'm fascinated with like someone choosing that for their life. Like that's such a big choice, particularly to not marry or have romantic relationships or have sex or have children Mm -hmm. and to make that choice in addition to like living community and all these things I'm really fascinated with people who make that choice and and how they feel called to that which I think we got some of that from father Anne. yeah but especially people who make that choice in a very you know really are in it and then decide to leave I'm I'm really fascinated with that um also just generally like other folks who grew up catholic from marginalized identities I mean we are too white women very much so i love <laughs> so, straight white cis women yeah. so yeah other folks more people of color um more queer folks non-binary folks who grew up in the catholic church i would just love to get that perspective Absolutely. i feel like I'm, I'm lacking that and yeah more people who are making change within the church mm-hmm. um there's a couple of people on my radar who are Women who are have become clergy, like Protestant clergy, but were raised Catholic. Mm. I think that's interesting, too. You know, I think we talked to Father Anne. She said she was often asked, like, why don't you go to a different church? And I think some people, I mean, I know some people have done that. Mm-hmm. Some girls grow up in Catholicism and say, like, I feel like I'm called to be a priest. That's not an option for me here. I'm going to find a more inclusive church that where it is an option. And I think that's an interesting thing, too. Absolutely. So, yeah, listeners out there, if you are one of those things... <laughs> If we named you in that list, please let us know. Please reach out. Mm-hmm. We love to hear from from potential guests. Mm-hmm. So we talked about hearing from listeners today. We didn't have anyone call in, but we had we have a couple just little notes I could share. I would love to hear those. I feel so disconnected because I've taken social media off for Lent, but I'm like, I don't know. Oh yeah, on. how's that going? Well, every once in a while, I've had to check in for like work, and I'm like, like quickly like, oh, like something from Lamps, like something from my other job. Yeah, but it's always very refreshing. But then there's so many people I don't talk to that I kind of miss. That's the thing. So you know, that's just forty days. I know. I'll be back. Uh, 
I tried out several meditation apps because I wanted to meditate for Lent and I mm. found one that I liked and I have not done it every day. I've done it more than I would normally, but that's good. Yeah. And I'm doing short meditations. This is the way I, I often tell myself like, well, what if it's just like five minutes? That won't be, uh-huh. that's not that hard. You can do that. And so I've done that a couple times a week, but it has not been every day. I'll be honest. It's hard. It's hard to do Lent. It is, but don't beat yourself up. I, I don't have lots of Catholic guilt around it. Yeah. Uh, okay. So just a couple notes. Um, this is from Erin, Erin McCurley. I can say her name, I guess. Uh, she said, my favorite part of your podcast is Catholicism in the news. Oh, good. Yeah. Uh, she says, sometimes it's things I'm aware of and sometimes it's not. But either way, it's nice to hear your perspective and dive deeper into the situation. I still consider myself Catholic because it's basically my culture. But religiously, my views and beliefs have become much broader. So this has been the perfect podcast for me. Thanks for all of your hard work. Thank you, Erin. I thought that was a really nice note because I actually have wondered that. Like, is the Catholicism in the news interesting to people? So I'm glad it's interesting to somebody. That's all that matters. We got another note. I won't say this person's name because it's from a while ago and I don't know if they want to be anonymous but we've gotten several notes like this actually and I wanted to share this one because I okay I think our listeners are just great uh it says this podcast is a godsend pun very much intended (laughs) you are helping me work through so so many thoughts and fears about myself and how I view the world thank you for doing this and please don't stop thank you those are the lovely notes that I really appreciate um yeah when we're recording, I'm like, well, I had a good time talking to Steph. So <laughs> if nothing And that's else, really what matters. <laughs> if nobody listens, at least that happened. But then people do listen. And it's a weird thing of not knowing. There's strangers and people on the other side of the world who's listening. There are like people I know who are listening. And then there's people who... That was from a stranger, but, you know, sometimes I'll get a random message from someone kind of tangential or who I haven't seen in several mm-hmm. years who will message me. And I'm like, oh, right. Um, you never know who's listening and you never know people's reactions. And it's just it's very validating to um, to hear something like that and feel like, yeah, I'm not crazy. Like these these conversations that I wanted to hear, other people are wanting to hear them, too. Yes. I mean, as a theater practitioner, too, like it's an art form that thrives on feedback. Mm-hmm. And so... Yes. It's helpful to help us better reach you, our lovely audience and field reporters, to know what's resonating because it is a sort of one-way medium when you're just recording things and putting them out there. Unless we get reviews or hear from you, we don't really know what's resonating. So I really appreciate everyone who's taken the time to to let us know. You're right. We're not, neither of us like worked in film. It was in theater and uh, mm-hmm. especially children's theater. You get a very immediate oh. response immediate (laughs) it is either loudly they love you or maybe loudly they really don't they're not into what you're selling or just they're asleep they're taking a little nap they're very honest the most honest audience or you kissed somebody in the middle of the show (laughs) they lost their minds (laughs) so good yeah i'm glad we got a chance to reflect because i've been thinking about these things that we never have a chance to really talk about them so i'm glad we you and i sat down to discuss things and I am too. And yeah, I, listen, I recommend it. <laughs> if you are trying to process a thing you grew up in that was just sort of around you, start a podcast and talk about it mm-hmm. because you'll uh, you'll pull it all apart. You learn a lot. And you don't even have to pay a therapist for this portion of things. <laughs> you can do that later. The putting it back together part you might need, <laughs> but might. that's a whole other, whole other thing. Yeah, yeah. I thank the audience again. Could please continue to rate, review, subscribe, share. And the next time we talk, it will be it'll be almost Easter. We're getting through it. 
the Lent stuff. We're doing it. It goes fast when we only meet every other week. <laughs> it's true. It's true. <laughs> it goes really fast. Do we want to do collection basket? Yeah. So I give regularly to the UNHCR, the United Nations High Commissioner for Ooh. Refugees, I believe it's what it's called. It's all for refugees. Um, I know they're doing a lot of work in Ukraine, but there's also your refugees all over the world still. Yes. Like there's a lot happening in Ethiopia. I know two doctors without borders, doctors were just like killed in that down there. And it's, there's a lot going on just, and the news doesn't cover all of it. So they're a good agency to help all those who are refugees. And I think those who are raised Catholic can always help that out. Uh, the refugee crisis, right? Yeah. And certainly the stuff in Ukraine is awful. And, and yeah, there are so many other people suffering horrible oppression and violence who maybe are not Christian and are not white and are not getting the same amount of news coverage in the US or the West. So keeping that in mind as we think about how we're how we're supporting folks globally mm -hmm. great i will link that in the show notes great yay Anne. we did it 20 episodes in we did it congratulations <laughs> congratulations to both of us <laughs> all right steph well also with you and also with you Anne. <laughs>